Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Good evening and welcome to our Lifeline Bible study here at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. We are so glad that we can be here with you this evening and looking forward to a wonderful time uh, tonight. And so I'm going to invite you to go ahead and open your Bibles now to the book of Ruth. We missed you last week uh, during spring break week, but we are back this week and invite you to dive back into the study in Ruth with us. We're going to finish up our thoughts in chapter 1 tonight is the plan of Ruth chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 19 to 21 as we finish up the thought, three mistakes to avoid while dealing with hardship. And we're going to look at mistake number three tonight. Before we do that, I want to give you some brief announcements. And it's going to sound a little complicated there's some exciting things that are taking place at Pleasant Hill, and uh, I'm just, uh, part of me is anxious. I don't get anxious very often, but I am tonight, and part of me is just excited and looking forward to what God is doing and what God will do here at Pleasant Hill, and I pray through us. But this is the announcement. Try to follow along with me. This Bible study that we do online we do in place of our Wednesday night prayer and, and, and Bible study that we did before the pandemic. And so we've never really stopped doing the Wednesday night. Uh, there may be a brief period where we did, but uh, we've been continuing this all along. And we just haven't been in person and just out of whatever reason, out of caution, uh, maybe even a little bit out of apprehension. Uh, it seemed like every time we started to talk about doing it, then the pandemic or the COVID would spike again, and so we didn't. And finally, uh, through much prayer and talking to the leadership team, say, you know what, let's just do it. So we're starting back our in-person Bible study. However, I realize there are people that watch this that aren't able to come, and uh, whether they be local or whether you be far off, and you watch, and I decided after much prayer that we are going to continue the live stream of the Bible study even though it is going to be different than what we do in our in-person Bible study. Our in-person Bible study is going to be more interactive. It's going to be more conversational, inviting questions, digging in on a deeper level than we can do necessarily with me just talking to a camera. And so that's what's going to happen with our in-person Bible study, which we are going to call DIG. And that simply is an acronym for digging in with God, D-I-G, dig. We're going to be digging in God's word. We're going to be digging in in prayer. That's in person. It's going to be virtually impossible to do that on the live stream. But I don't want anybody to miss out on the teaching we do and have been doing. And so, therefore, I am hopeful that you will want to do both. And that you will come if you're able to come physically in person. And that if not, you'll still be able to have this offering available from us here at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. So how's that going to work? Our in-person is going to take place at 6 o'clock. 
That's the in-person. Because I am also invested and involved in our youth hangouts, which takes place at 7 o'clock down the Fellowship Hall. I can't be in two places at once. And at least for now, that's what I'm doing. And I love doing it. And our youth hangouts is a wonderful program and is, is, has many young children that don't come on a Sunday to Pleasant Hill and we're able to minister to them and families. And so, therefore, we're going to continue with that as well. But it's a matter of time. And so, therefore, I am doing the recording of the what we call the live stream, although it's not live, uh, that you can watch if you're not able to come in person at 6 o'clock or pretty much any time after 6 o'clock. It'll be posted at least by then, and you will be able to watch that video of this Bible study. Therefore, if you are ambitious and in love with the Word of God and preaching and teaching and Bible study, as I hope that you are, then you can come to both. You can turn on the live stream and watch the live stream or the video Bible study, which we're calling Lifeline, and then you can also join us at 6 o'clock for Dig. If you don't get the chance to watch the Lifeline, obviously before you come for Dig, it will still be available. And you can go back and watch any of our Lifeline Bible studies that we've been doing since we started the website anyway, which was the beginning of this year. Other ones can also be found on YouTube under Pleasant Hill Baptist uh, on the YouTube channel. That all sounds a little confusing. In a nutshell, we're going to have the Lifeline Bible study online that you can watch Wednesday evening and after. And then we're also meeting in person at 6 o'clock having our DIG Bible study. And then at 7 o'clock, our youth hangouts. Of course, we still have our Sunday morning at 945 Bible study uh, small groups. We also have our 1045 worship and message and we, those are in person. We invite you to come. Having said all that, if you have questions, please text me. Please Facebook message me. Uh, please comment on the Facebook if you're on there or, or through the app on the, with the, with the uh, phbc.online. You can message as well. Uh, you can download the Spaces app and message as well. However it is that you need to get a hold of me, please do so. Instagram, whatever. All right? Uh, we want to offer as much as we can for you. This world is struggling, and we want to, in love, come out swinging. And so, therefore, we're taking a stand, and we want to give as much Bible as we can and invite you to read along and inv invest in God's Word as much as you can and get involved in being part of the church as much as you can. And we pray that God will put that desire in your heart. So let's go ahead and pray, asking him to bless our time, and then we're going to jump in, and we're going to begin our Lifeline Bible study, and then that will be available for you to watch. And then again, at 6 o'clock, uh, you also can come be part of the in-person dig, and we're going to explain all that will happen with that in the service tonight at 6 o'clock. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. God, that you would bless our efforts, bless our energy, bless our time. God, bless with desire to dig into your word, to study the lifeline that is you and your son and your word. And God, help us to have a hunger for the word of God and have a hunger to pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Ruth chapter 1. We've been talking about... The, the, the mistakes that Naomi 
and, and Elimelech made uh, there uh, um, in Bethlehem going to Moab, uh, and then what happened there with Elimelech dying, the two sons married Moabite women, they died, and then of course we saw the next week where Naomi and Ruth uh, are, are, are headed back along with the other sister-in-law, uh, Orpah, but Orpah now has turned back, and it's Naomi and Ruth going back to Israel, but well, we'll touch on that in a minute. Let's go ahead and get to verse 19. Just going to pick up in verse 19. We've already read where Elimelech and the two sons have died. We've already read where Naomi and the two daughter-in-laws have headed back, but then Orpah gives in to Naomi's plea to go back to Moab, but Ruth says, no, your God's going to be my God, your home's going to be my home, and she goes with Ruth. And so now let's pick up in verse 19 in chapter 1. So they went, that the two went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all in the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has, hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Let's pray one more time. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight to understand these mistakes and how to avoid them. And Father, I pray that you would help us learn what we are blessed with and to cling to you as Ruth clung to Naomi and that our desire would to be with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now this book, as we've been sharing, is a picture of love and redemption. It is a story of Boaz and Ruth, although we haven't gotten to Boaz yet, we don't come to him until chapter 2, but it is a picture of Christ and the church. It is a picture of the Savior and those in need of saving. That's the story of Ruth. But the big book begins in chapter 1 with a terrible tragedy. A famine is in the land of Bethlehem, Israel, Bethlehem in particular, the house of bread, and Elimelech leads his wife, and what many might say was an honorable and noble thing, but they did not check with God. And they go to a pagan land of Moab. And there, their two sons, they're there for 10 years, or Naomi is anyway. The two sons marry two Moabite women, which would have been against God's law not to marry others of the land of Canaan, because they would turn the hearts of your sons to worship false gods. And so, therefore, they do that anyway. They're there. The, the husband dies. The two sons die. And, again, we see them in this terrible tragedy. And they made the mistake of, number one, trying to run from their problems. The problem was the famine. The problem was a physical need. And we saw that Elimelech led them away. And Naomi and Elimelech both went because they walked by faith, not by, I'm, I'm sorry, they, they did not walk by faith. 
and they walked by sight, where we are to walk by faith and not by sight. They saw the need, and so they went to try to meet the need where they thought they could, but they were not walking by faith. And he also made the decision because he was majoring on the physical things, not the spiritual. My physical need for bread, my physical need for food, my physical needs, instead of the spiritual, which is the far more important. And so therefore, they made that choice, and it was a wrong choice, and they did not consult God about it. And they, again, we talked about how before you make a turn in life, turn to God. That was one of the themes we tried to get across. And in doing so, they honored the enemy, being the devil or the pagan gods of the Moabites to provide, even though they're false gods and couldn't provide anything. And they turned from the instrument of provision, which was God, and they turned and honored the enemy. And so therefore, they ran from their mistakes and they sinned in making that mistake. That was a sin. And they ran from their problems. And we cannot run from our problems. Number two mistake was they tried to hide the mistake. So the sons died, the husband dies, and now Naomi is going to try to cover up her mistakes and hide her mistakes. We saw that two weeks ago. And, and to keep, and we saw that because she tried to discourage, she goes back to Bethlehem, seeing that now they have bread and she needs bread. And still her mind is on the physical, but she goes back and she tries to discourage her daughter-in-laws from going with her on three different occasions. Because she knows if she goes back and you see these pagan or these Moabite women, the people are going to know not only did you leave Israel and go there, but now you've also violated God's law by marrying Moabite women. And so, therefore, she's trying to cover that up. But we must not do that. Number one, don't run from your mistakes, but don't try to hide your mistakes. We talk about we need to acknowledge and repent of our mistakes. And in doing so, we bring ourselves back to the place or the position of blessing. Naomi couldn't be blessed where she was at because she left the land of blessing, the land of milk and honey, to go to where God had not instructed her to go. And therefore, now she sees, well, God's blessing Bethlehem, and she goes chasing the greener pastures, if you will. It wasn't out of a, I've made a mistake and I need to get it right. It was out of a, I still need have physical needs. And now she goes back, and she did not acknowledge her mistakes. She's trying to hide her mistakes. She didn't repent of her mistakes. She's trying to ignore her mistakes. And she was missing the blessing. She was making the right decision to go back. That was the right thing to do, but it was with the wrong motive. I'll talk about that as well. And then again, we'd also talk about the fact that she made the wrong choice or right choice, but the wrong attitude. She didn't want her daughters to go with her. She was bitter against God. She was blaming God. We're talking about that tonight, but prevent or she was presenting God in a negative way to the two daughters-in-law, who at that point in time were not believers. We know that because she says, go back, Naomi says to her daughter-in-laws, go back to your gods. And so therefore, that's when Ruth makes the statement, your God is going to be my God and your people are going to be my people. And she makes a statement of faith about God. And that leads us to problem or mistake number three that Naomi makes. And she'd already begun to make it. We talked about it a little bit, but I want to make it a little bit clearer. She begins to blame God 
for her trials. Now, this is interesting because just this week in our small group Sunday school classes, the lesson was about not, basically was about uh, that God cannot tempt us to sin, but she was blaming God for her problems. So it's very similar. She was blaming God for her problems. And we just talked about that, about usually when troubles come and we fingers start to get pointed, we, not, we are not quick to blame ourselves, which is where the problem lies. When we sin, it's the devil can't make us do it. It's not because somebody else made us do it. Oh, they may have, we may have been tempted, we may have been enticed, but nobody can make us, and really even the tempting and the enticing comes from our own sin nature, but we cannot, listen, nobody can make a sin if you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a believer, if your faith is not in Christ, then you can't make a choice to do right, really, or for God. You're a slave to sin, but as a Christian, you cannot be made to sin, but God was not the source of Naomi's trouble. God allowed it to take place. God may have used it to get her attention, but God wanted to use it to draw her back. And ultimately, he does, or she does come back to him and has a right attitude. But initially, she's blaming God for her trials. Naomi had discouraging circumstances. She had faced drought and famine. She had faced suffering and loss with her husband and her two sons dying. She had spent 10 years in a pagan, godless world in the land of Moab. Certainly she had difficult circumstances, pain and suffering. But she didn't blame herself. She blames God. That was the problem. She blamed God for her trials. We must not blame God. We look to God. We can call on God. We can even ask God, God, examine me, search me. Is something I did or God, are you trying to teach me something? One of the things I try to teach and try to remember myself is when you're in a trial or in a trouble or a trial, don't just try to get out, figure out what God is doing while you're there. Now, it might be that you made a choice that led you into the trial, then the way out is through God, but I'm telling you that sometimes God leads you into a trial just to test your faith. We ought not, to, we ought not just try to get out because that would be a sin. If we're where God wants us, to leave where God has us is a sin in and of itself. That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean we necessarily like it. But if we realize we're exactly where God needs us, that will help us in making the right choice and not blaming God for our trials. But I want you to see that she had discouraging circumstances and it led to a disturbing change. Not only was she pushing people away from God, but she also comes and the people don't recognize her. Physically, they have a hard time recognizing Naomi. You can say, well, she'd been through a lot. Yes, she had, and her appearance had left her nearly unrecognizable. Look in verse 19, and the, the two went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were in, uh, come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. They were all stirred up. They're all a commotion saying, is this Naomi? They didn't recognize her. Now, certainly going through 10 years of hardship can change your appearance. You know, they could bring about wrinkles or 
gray hair or a, again, age us, as they say. But also her attitude had made a 180-degree turn. Her name was Naomi, which meant pleasant. Now, in America, in today's society, our names don't typically mean a lot. I mean, you're not necessarily named for, I mean, you're named for somebody perhaps, but you're not necessarily named because this is what I want that person to be or because this is what this person reminds me of. It was, that's how it was in Bible times in that culture, but not really today. But Naomi meant pleasant. She was a pleasant person. She had a pleasant spirit about her. But now she comes back and she's bitter. And her attitude had made 180 degrees. And that's why she says, don't call me Naomi or pleasant anymore, but call me Mara, which meant bitter. Bitter. Remember the waters of, of, that were Mara in, uh, back, back when we studied about them leaving Exodus or exiting out of Egypt and they came across the waters and the waters were bitter. It was Mara. That's the same idea there. Call me Mara. She was bitter. She says, I went out full. I went out pleasant. I went out happy. I went out Naomi, but I've come back bitter. I've come back Mara, she says. For, and look, she, he said, well, is she really blaming God? Well, she says, the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. She didn't say because of the choices I made, God is disciplining me. She didn't say because of the, the choices we made or didn't turn to God for that I'm dealing with the consequences. She's saying that God has dealt bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. And so therefore this discouraging circumstances has certainly aged her and changed her appearance, but also her attitude had changed her appearance. You know, she says, I went out full, but I've come back empty. And the idea is this. She had empty hands. After 10 years, she had nothing to show. Nothing to show for the last 10 years. You say, well, didn't she have Ruth? Well, yes, she had a Moabite daughter-in-law, which would have been an abomination to the Jews in and of itself. But also... She had, she had no money. She had no possessions. She had lost her husband. She had lost her two sons. She, her hands were empty. Her home was empty. Her husband and her two sons dead. She'd even lost a daughter-in-law. Gone. And now she's saying, I'm basically empty heart. I've lost hope. I'm bitter. People that have no hope are bitter. If the per let me say that again. If you have no hope, you will, if you're not already there, be bitter, sour. And she blamed God. Bitter towards life, bitter towards God. She had no one else to blame but herself. I can't blame myself, so I'm going to blame the Almighty. We do the exact same thing. 
we go through a hardship and we say, my goodness, uh, what has happened? Well, it can't be something that I've done. It's got to be something. And even if it was something, a mistake that I did, there's got to be something else to blame. And maybe it was this person or maybe it was that thing that made me go the direction I did. But ultimately, it's got to be God because he's in control of it all. And why would he let this happen to me if he loves me? And why would he set, allow someone to die if, they, if he loved them? And why would he allow uh, uh, children to be raped or women to be raped or molested in sex trades and, 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 and this drug addiction world that we live in and why would he allow hatred why would he allow these things and we blame God for the troubles that we have but it really is because sin but we have no one else to blame and so we blame God the almighty has afflicted me the Lord hath brought me back empty certainly circumstances can affect us and change us and age us our choices that we make change us and age us more than our circumstances, meaning this, you may go through a hardship, you may go through a loss, you may go through a pain, and it can affect you physically and mentally, but the choices you make, it is a fact that people who live hard, and whether it be drugs, alcohol, party all night, I mean, again, don't get sleep, uh, just go hard all the time, uh, alcohol, drugs, smoking, these things, the choices that you make towards wickedness, towards evil, towards sin, certainly age you more than the circumstances of your life do. I believe that with all my heart. But more than that, your attitude I've seen some old-looking people that have got a sweetness and a pleasantness about them, and they are have a light inside of them. Oh, they may be gray, they may have wrinkles, they may be weathered, they may have sun-dried-out skin. They, whatever it is, we say, that person is old-looking or that person is rough-looking, but they've got a smile, they have a light, your attitude. You can have a person that, you ever met somebody that was just physically, oh, they had beautiful skin, they had beautiful features, beautiful hair, beautiful eyes. You know, they had they had just a, just a, a perfectly healthy body. If you y'all know what I'm talking about, but they have a sourness, a bitterness. They're not a nice person, and they're ugly. Beauty is skin deep, and ugly goes clear to the bone, as they say. Your attitude and your response make the biggest difference in your appearance, and the appearance of Naomi was unrecognizable. Why? Because she was blaming God. Don't blame God for the troubles we go through. Don't blame God for the trials that we go through. Naomi, though, and you and I, you say, well, I've got troubles, I've got hardships, and and, and listen, God's the one that's in charge. Do you realize when that comes, when that feeling comes, and I was just sharing this with somebody just the other day, I go back to the old song, count your many blessings and name them one by one. Naomi wasn't really that poor. She wasn't really that empty. She wasn't really that bad off. Oh, she may have been weary and she was bitter in her soul because she blamed God, but she had far more to be thankful for than she was acknowledging. And you and I have far more to be thankful for 
than we are acknowledging if we're bitter. Can I just show you from Naomi? Can I just show you the reasons for encouragement that we saw in Naomi? And I want you to apply them to your life. Number one, Naomi was alive. She had life. We often take for granted our life. She, as far as we know, was healthy. We often take for granted our health. She was able to travel. Her husband died, her two sons died, but she was still living, trapped perhaps in her bitterness, but she was still living. Now, I realize that when we're bitter, sometimes we think, well, life is not a blessing. That's why there's so much suicide in the world today. My friend, and if you ever doubt, you ever think about taking your life, please call me. Let me share with you all the wonderful things that you have in your life. Let me talk to you. Let me listen to you. Let me help you. Oh, it breaks my heart that people would think the answer is taking their lives. And I understand that sin can grip somebody. I understand mental disease can grip somebody. I understand anxiety can grip somebody. I understand medications can mess their mind and grip somebody. I understand, but I'm telling you, when we realize all that we have, have it's a blessing to have life don't take it for granted and as long as we have God we have life even if you say well I'm sick and dying if you're saved you have eternal life my friends it is life that we have with God because God is the giver of eternal life and I'm telling you that Naomi had Life, but she also had opportunity. She had opportunity. As long as we have God in life, we have a hope for a new beginning, and that's exactly what Naomi had. As long as you're alive and as long as you've got God, you can start again. That's what Naomi was doing, and that's what you and I can do. We may have made the worst choices. We may have been going through the worst circumstances. We may have made all the wrong choices. We may not have consulted God for any of our choices. No matter where you're at today, I'm telling you, with God there is hope, and with God there is a new beginning that is available for you is a new opportunity or an opportunity that you have to start again. God is the God of second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. In fact, you say, how many chances? Well, I don't know exactly how many chances you get, but I do know that he said that we are to forgive 70 times 7, which in my math is 490 times, and so therefore you've got unlimited, until you die, chances to repent and to turn back to God and to start again. She had opportunity. Here she was back at home, back in Bethlehem. You know, we, and here she was, and, and like, like Naomi, we don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And she made a poor first impression, if you will, after 10 years. And maybe you've made a bad first impression on somebody, but I'm telling you again, as long as we have God, we have hope for a, to make a new impression. And we have a second chance to make a new impression because we always have a chance to make a new start. So she had life, and she had opportunity, and she had family. He said, I thought you said her family died. Her sons died, her husbands died, but she's got a daughter-in-law that loves her and will not leave her. 
Listen, you may have lost a loved one. You may have lost a mama, a daddy, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter, a child, somebody, a friend. But you've got people that love you. You've got family. And if you say, well, I don't have any family. If you're a Christian, you've got God. And God is your father. You have family. She had a daughter-in-law that loved her. She also knew she had other family because she talks about her kinsman, a near kinsman, which was Boaz, and Boaz was her family. My friends, I'm telling you, she had more to be thankful for because, again, like I said, she had Jehovah God that she could come back to. And I'm telling you, if you're a Christian, you've got Jehovah God to turn to, the God of heaven, the God of creation, the God of the Bible, the God that can be your daddy, and if you're saved, is your spiritual daddy. And if you're not saved, you can call on him today, and he will become your spiritual daddy because he will adopt you through the forgiveness of sins into his family. Oh, we have so much to be thankful for. And having Jehovah God, she had opportunity. She had a new beginning. Because look at the last thing, and I want you to see this. She, they, God brought her back at the barley harvest. See that in verse 22? The barley harvest. That was a time of joy and celebration in Israel. The barley harvest was a time of celebration and joy. And so she came back right at the right time, the time of barley harvest, and also was the time of, that brought her back at spring. We often think of the harvest must be in the fall. No, the barley harvest was in the spring, and it was a time of new life and new beginning. Oh, I'm telling you, with God, there's always opportunity. There's always opportunity to start again, and when you fall down, get back up. When you've had it rough, turn to God and say, God, pick me up, and maybe God is teaching you something. Maybe the knocking you down was allowing you to turn your eyes to Him. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, there's a new beginning. Don't blame God, but praise God for what He's done for you. Oh, won't you see these three mistakes? Can we avoid the three mistakes? Don't run from your problems, but instead live by faith and not be si- not by sight. Major on the spiritual and not the physical. Be sure before you turn, turn to the God of all wisdom, and you can not run from your problems. If you do run from your problems, don't try to hide them. Turn to the God of forgiveness and second chances and say, God, please forgive me. God, thank you for the fact, if you're already saved, that you have and will forgiven me. And don't hide it, but admit it, acknowledge it, confess it, repent it. And number three, don't blame God for your trials, but bless God for the good things in your life. Acknowledge that, listen, the the trials I'm going through, it's either my own fault or God is teaching me something. And in teaching me something, there's a blessing. And even if it's my fault, God wants to take it and turn it to good and make it a blessing. And so, therefore, bless God. Don't blame God, my friends. And learn to avoid the three mistakes that Naomi made in that first chapter of Ruth. Oh, won't you turn to him? Let's avoid them together. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would be with us tonight. God, I pray that you would help us tonight. God, I pray that you would, in your glory, in your power, in your might, 
Help us to avoid these mistakes. And when we make them, to turn back to you and bless your name. Help us to return to the place of blessing, I pray, and put ourselves in a place of blessability and allow you to bless our lives once again when we've confessed and been brought back into a right relationship. And then we'll bless your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you. Yes.